We still have two minutes, don't we? Praise the Lord. So good to see you tonight. What a beautiful day today. Amen. Right? I hear that we may have a couple of days of snow next week. <laughs> so enjoy today and tomorrow's supposed to be really nice too. Right? Awesome. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, we even enjoy snow days too. Right? Amen. Well, praise God. We're going to get started. So glad that you're here tonight. I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm glad that you made the decision to come. And we're expecting to have a fruitful time, beneficial time in the Word of God. Amen. And we will allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, to do the job that the Father and Jesus gave him to do. Amen? Well, let's go ahead and start praying. Now Santa Claus is here, so we can start. <laughs> Amen. Santa Claus came to town. <laughs> Glory to God. Father God, we just thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for every brother and sister that we get to fellowship with. And even those, Lord, that we might not know. But we thank you, Lord, for every part of the body. Thank you, Father. We honor you. And we honor the brothers and the sisters, Lord, that you have given us. Lord, tonight we confess once again that we're in need of you. That we depend totally on you on you giving us light, understanding, guiding us, opening to us, uh, understanding to see things we have not seen before. Lord, we thank you. We believe that we received tonight such a time with you. May we follow you. May we be sensitive to your leading and leave here not as we came. came but having received more from you. Thank you, Father, that we might do it, that we might be as you told us to be, true disciples, true followers of you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we're continuing with, with the subject of uh, a prayer. And uh, praise the Lord. I know that wherever that you're sitting tonight, you're going to hook up with me and not let go. Amen? Um, I'm not one that's going to ask you to come over here. You're seated where you are. I'm going to respect that, but I'm going to ask you to hook up in the Spirit. And if you're seated a little further, don't let it be a distance in the Spirit. Amen? Because I need you just like you need me. All right? And so let's open our Bibles first. First scripture we're going to see tonight, again, is Ephesians 5.18. And you can give it me whatever version you like, Melissa. No King James. Um, amplified. I have a King James right here. But I like, I like all of them. So, uh, do not, Ephesians, did I say 5.15? I, I, excuse me, 5.18, I meant 6.18. Yeah, when I read well, that, was a good one too, but <laughs> 6.18. 
I I wrote it wrong in my notes. That's why. <laughs> but I know it. <laughs> um, Ephesians six eighteen. Um, it it um, it says in my Bible. It says, praying always, with all prayer, and supplication, in the spirit. That's that's mainly the point we want to make. But we're going to read the rest. It says, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're talking, we're studying the subject of prayer. We could go on and on and on, you know, with it. Uh, prayer is part of our lives. Amen. Do you remember how many of you attended Sunday school growing up? Uh, you know, in one of the songs we would sing is, read your Bible and pray every day. And you'll grow, grow, grow. <laughs> Amen? And, uh, boy, we, we taught that song when we, when we had uh, uh, the privilege of, of leading, uh, well, you grew up to be a bunch. It seemed like sometimes we had 200, 340 year olds at the church, Bobby Indian's church in Tulsa. And, boy, they, they went wild with that song, you know. And we went with a grow, 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 <laughs> and the jumping. And so we were excited. We were going to read our Bibles and pray every day. Amen. And, you know, I remember growing up and, and singing about uh, how the prophet Elijah prayed and how Daniel prayed. And there was a song about that. And so we learned the importance of prayer. Right? Every denomination has taught about prayer because we follow the example of Jesus. Right? Jesus taught us to pray. So that there's a lot about prayer that, that uh, a lot of people don't necessarily know. Uh, so let's, let's read this again and then we'll go on. It says that always, whenever that we pray, you can say whenever that we pray, we ought to pray in the Spirit, any type of prayer, right? In other words, connected and following the Holy Spirit. There are times uh, that you will learn, the more that you learn to do that, uh, there's times, you know, that I start praying for one thing, thinking that that is what I need to pray for, and then as you start, even with some of the meetings that we have that go on every week, we, we start one direction, and then the more that we go, and we know that we, we're now in the Spirit, the Lord takes us another direction, you know? So, so it's so important that, that as we learn to pray with desire to be in the Spirit, sometimes we have simplified things thinking that being in the Spirit or praying in the Spirit means praying in tongues. But how many of you know you can pray in tongues and your mind be elsewhere? You know? Uh, and, and, and that is not what we want to do because that's not effective prayer. All right? Uh, to, to, to pray in tongues and you have your mind on... On, you know, on something carnal like making your grocery list or, or you know, or something like that. Uh, or thinking what letter you're going to, or email you have to send. Right? Uh, but but that's, that's not being in the spirit. Uh, so we, we, want, we want the ultimate because we want results. We're here to help people, and we're here to walk in all that God has for us. Amen? And so, so this scripture, again, you still have it out there, right, honey? Uh, yeah, don't get, don't, if you would do me the favor, don't, don't not leave the scripture until I tell you. So, always when we pray, according to Ephesians 6, 18, we want to do it in the Spirit. And then we're going to be watchful. Jesus said, watch 
and pray, right? We want to be watchful. What do we mean with that? I'm going to show you in just a little bit. But it says being watchful for this end so that we're going to persevere and make supplications for all the saints. So in other words, the Lord is engaging us. He's trying to engage his people, his body, to pray for others, to pray for one another. Amen? Uh, when, we pray, when we pray in the Spirit, and we're making supplication for one another, it's, and we persevere in it, then the will of God is accomplished. There's no one that is going to have failures. Amen? We're not here just for ourselves. Like, like someone used to say, for us four and no more. Amen? Uh, so, um, meaning you have a family, you know, a son and a daughter, you and your husband. <laughs> so, as four and no more. No. Amen? So, so isn't that an exciting thing? And so, let's go now to um, Habakkuk. That's one of those uh, books in the Bible that, um, you know, your Bible usually doesn't open to Habakkuk on its own. <laughs> but I like Habakkuk, and um, it has a lot of good things. And here in this, we're just going to read verse 1. And let's see what translation you're going to give me. Or I'm, go ahead. Two. Did I not say Habakkuk 2? No? Verse 1? Okay. Habakkuk 2, verse 1. Um, so this is an example of, of being a watcher. What did Jesus say uh, or mean when he said watch and pray? Pray and watch. You know? So they understood it because their cities had watchers. Their, their cities or their towns, they had towers around, and they had watchers on the tower, see, to watch out for, for perpetrators or for, you know, or for, uh, for people that they needed to open the gates, you know, to come in or, or shut them, <laughs> you know. So it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. Right here uh, in the, actually, the New King James is a little harder to, to uh, uh, understand uh, than, the, um, than the King James in this case. The King James uses the, the word tower. Uh, so in other words, I will... I will set me in the tower, and I will watch. And this is what he said that he would watch. I will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I will answer when I'm reproved. So this is what we do in prayer with the Lord. You see, it's the prayer is com communion with the Lord. He has invited us to come and spend time with him. He has extended the invitation, come, you're welcome. Come, there's nothing that separates you and me anymore because Jesus shed his blood. And by his blood, there's no more separation between you and me, says the Lord in his word. You know, and so so he gives that invitation, come. And the response of ours is I'll I'll do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna come and I'm gonna and I'm gonna watch to see what he's gonna say to me. You remember the case of um, Samuel? Remember back in the old testament when the Bible says that for a long time there was no word of the Lord? You know why there was no word of the Lord? Because there was no one, no one that was doing this, watching to see what the Lord was going to say to them. 
You know, if we think that we already know, if we act like we think that we already know everything we need to know in life, then we're not going to watch at his door or at his, in this case, in the tower. We're not going to watch the one to hear because we think we already know it all. None of us think we know it all. But sometimes we act like it. Because if we truly didn't, we would watch to want to hear what he would have to say to us a lot more. There I said it. <laughs> For all of us to hear. Amen? We would, we would want to, as soon as we get up in the morning, tune in. Find that frequency. <laughs> you know? Push that... You know, a lot a lot of people are not accustomed to those to the ways that that we had to use some of our generation. You know, um, but anyway, whatever that whatever that you tune into, tune into the Lord. You know, to to see what He would have to say to you, and see if there's something that He needs to correct. Amen. So, so we see here this, the, the, that importance. Let's go to Romans 8. Um, we're, uh, we were talking last week, or we were uh, learning, rather, uh, about intercession, the prayer of intercession, remember? We did not, you know, we just made a little dent on, on it. Um, but it's so so important. Uh, Pastor Jim reminded me of something. He said, "You know, Lydia, there are times you didn't cover that there are times in intercession that 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 the Lord uh, will will have a say, uh, and that that is not what is going to happen." And I said, to, "I said to him, oh yeah, I didn't." Get to cover it all, um, but that is why it's important for us to learn to be in the spirit and to hear, because you know there's times. I'm not talking about redemption facts. Those are His will. You know, when it comes to you and your walk with the Lord, but there's times you'll find yourself, or I have found myself. He, same thing with him, to where you're, you're praying um, for a certain situation or a certain person and you're, and, and you're interceding or you're supplicating and you realize that you're doing it on your own. It just seems like the Holy Spirit is not really engaging with you. That you're, it's like you're, coming against a wall. It's like, you know, you just don't get to a place to where there's, there's that joy, that peace, even though you, you, want, you know that is His will. I, you know, thankfully, it's not, that doesn't happen most of the time. But there are times it does. And so we have to recognize that the Holy Spirit... And let's go there to Romans 8. There's several scriptures in Romans 8. We're going to start at the bottom, but then we'll go to the, to the beginning. So we'll start, uh, Melissa, Romans 8, probably 26. Let me see here. Um, Romans 8, yeah, 26. Uh, we covered these. Uh, and it says that the, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. And you remember that I gave you the, the New Testament Greek definition of the word helps, and then infirmities as well. And we covered that the word helpeth, helpeth, and the King James, or helps, and the New King James and other translations uh, that is a, a word, is a compound uh, word. Uh, I could tell you in Greek, but it would be Greek to you. 
so that that it means is a compound word, uh, uh, different words together, and it means to take hold together with against. Look at what a complicated word. To take hold together with us, the Holy Spirit helps us. He comes, takes hold together with against. So he comes together with Pastor Jim, or he comes together with Megan, or he comes together with Randy, right? Or with Ryan. Together with, together with us, against our infirmities. Our infirmities, the word infirmity, uh, is, uh, is sometimes in the New Testament translated as sickness, uh, but other times, and this is mainly the case here, is he helps our inability to produce results. So that is infirmity. We, we come against this situation to where we are unable to bring results. We're unable to, um, to solve a situation. Right? And so then we need the Holy Spirit to come together with us against that opposition. Uh, another word that is translated there uh, in the New Testament Greek is our weaknesses. He helps our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. If we have any weakness, and all of us start as Christians with a bunch of weaknesses. All right? But we do not have to continue our life as a Christian with a bunch of weaknesses. If we will allow the Holy Spirit to help us, you see, we will be able to say, where I was weak, I now am strong. Because the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. How can that be possible? Can't do it on our own. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, he'll help us. Amen. We don't have to be weak anymore. Amen. The Lord strengthens us. We can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. At the Bible says so much about being strong. They that know their God, the Bible says they'll be strong and they will do exploits. I mean, they'll do amazing things. They'll do supernatural things. Well, it's not going to be on our own, but through, through the one that lives in us. We'll have to be weak for the rest of our lives. Praise God. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? Amen. We don't have to be helpless. We're not helpless. We've been given the helper. Amen. And so it says the Spirit helps us because we do not know what we should pray, what we should pray for as we ought. There are times we come uh, in prayer about situations that we really don't know what we should pray, what we should pray for as we ought. Amen. Thank God he's teaching us how to pray. But we may not know exactly what we're supposed to pray for. We may think we do, because we're used to calculation with our minds. But you know, if we're praying and nothing's changing, is that we're using our own mental capacity, and, and that's not effective enough. You see, if you've been praying about a situation all the time and you've been doing it through the power of your mentality, you know, what you think, and you don't see results, you need to hook up with the Holy Ghost to pray. So, because he'll help you to pray for, for, for what you do not know how you should pray for. But it says that the, the Spirit and we know he's not an it. Amen. So the Spirit himself makes intercession 
for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We've talked about that before. Uh, so Paul, obviously, uh, you know what? Let's go keep right here in Romans 8. Should be, well, since we're in Romans 8, we're going to read out of Romans 8, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians 14. So Romans 8, look at uh, verse 14. I'm going on the reverse. <laughs> Um, verse 14, because we're talking about the Holy Spirit being our helper, being our guide, uh, being our teacher. You know, we know all of those attributes of the Holy Spirit. We'll read them. Um, and so verse 14, we'll read in the King James, then you can give us the Amplified maybe, Melissa. Yeah, thank you. So it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Um, and so you may think, well, I still need to learn more how to be led. Well, you know, we're always going to be in the school of the Holy Spirit. But the more that you grow up, the more that you mature. You see? The, the reason why you will grow up and you're mature is because you let the Holy Spirit lead you. So the more that 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 you mature, the better that you're going to to be led of the Spirit. You see, it just all goes together, and it's the goal that we have. You know, little ones have that goal. Uh, they whether they realize it or not. Uh, a normal child, right? They just have it in themselves to want to grow up, to want to do the things that they see others that are older do, right? I mean, Joanna has told us now for quite a while, well, Jude doesn't like to go on a stroller anymore. You know, I mean, it was, it was already when? It was already last summer, a year ago or something. He, he just wants to walk. You know, uh, because she's having another child at the end of this month, so is he gonna need? Uh, are you gonna need another stroller? She says, you know, no, I don't think so. Because Jude is—he wants to go to the store, like you know, he, they'll go into Whole Foods, and he wants to walk in. He wants to walk. <laughs> you know, he's—he's he's, what 28 months now, and so a anyway, when he turned one. And he knew how to walk. They'd go for walks, and he wanted out of the stroller and to walk with his mom and dad. You know, so, so we can bring that in the spirit, right? If we're a, you know, if everything's working together, normal child of God, we're going to want to grow. We're going to want to do more mature things, right? So... We want to be led of the Spirit of God. We want to follow Him. We want to follow Him, really. He leads us. That's His job. But we have to follow. Amen? So there's, 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 you can't leave all the responsibility to the leader, right? There's things the leader does. But then there are things that the followers need to do. If we will not follow, then, then the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, but, but he's not going to be able to do it, right? And so this reminds me of the scripture. I was thinking about that. In Matthew 4, 19, where Jesus said, uh, we'll be back to Romans 8, like I said, but where Jesus says, follow me. Jesus told the disciples to follow him. You'd think that he would not have had to do that. You'd think they would have been smart enough and humble enough to know they were to follow. But Jesus did tell them, follow me. You know? Um, I was thinking about this, how that... 
you know, Benji, our Benji, our puppy, our dog, uh, had, had to be trained. But now it's just so precious when you hardly have to tell him and he'll just sit, you know? Or, right, there's times you don't even have to tell him sit. He'll just come next to you and sit. Well, he's matured a little bit. There are days he just wants to play. <laughs> but on, on a given time, he's matured. Right? So um, so he he does he does what is what is he follows. He follows orders. He's learned. Right? And so that's what we do as as we desire to grow up. The the Bible does tell us and we don't have uh, to go there. But um, the Apostle Peter uh, told the people, desire, desire the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So you see, we cannot grow unless we desire the word of God. And the Bible says that. Desire the milk of the word so that you can grow. So, so give... You know, you may think, well, I'm not desiring. You know, you what? You know, you think you don't desire because you're too tuned in to your flesh. But if you were able to tune in to your spirit, man, if you've been born again, your spirit man is what has been born again, your real you, the man on the inside, it would tell you, I'm, I'm thirsty for the word. I'm hungry for the word. I need me some word. <laughs> Amen. And so anyway, Jesus said, follow me. And, uh, um, you know, and he continued to talk to them. And then in John 14, verse 18, uh, he said to them, because, you know, they'd been following him. And then Jesus starts talking to them about I'm going to be leaving, uh, departure, I'm going to go back to the Father. And they're, they're thinking, well, I thought you told us to follow you. Who are we going to follow now? And he said to them, I'll not leave you orphans. Amen? I'll, I'll come to you. And, and he continues to talk to them through the chapter. Uh, and I just, I don't want to stay... They're long, but I want, and you read through the chapter and you'll find that, uh, to where he tells them, uh, let me go to my Bible and tell you where that would be, where he tells them, I'm going to send to you uh, another one uh, just like me. All right? You remember that. I'll pray the Father, verse 16. I'll pray the Father, and he will give you Another helper. The King James says, a comforter. Give us that, would you, in the Amplified? It's, it's wonderful in the Amplified. And it says, uh, Jesus told them, and he's going to be with you forever. He's never going to leave you. Did you know even the times when you were in thinking about Jesus? The times that later on you realize, oh my goodness, I have failed the Lord. He didn't leave you. The Holy Spirit didn't leave you. Not for a second. He did not leave you. You were ignoring him. You know? You were acting like... Da -da 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 -da. But he didn't leave you. Because when you gave your life to the Lord, you were marked. He marked you. He said, you're mine, and I'm not going to leave you. And even when you sinned and you knew it, he didn't leave you. And he won't ever leave you. You know why? Because he's going to bring you back. <laughs> if he left you, you would never be able to be back. 
But because he didn't leave you, you got to be back. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it says, I'll ask the Father, Jesus said, and he'll give you another comforter. And the Amplified gives all of the different attributes of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And it says he's, he's going to be another comforter. So you need comfort. The Holy Spirit's the best comforter. Amen. Uh, you may think, well, I have no one to talk on the phone, to call or whatever in a time of need. Well, you know what? He's the best. He's the best. You're never, the, the, don't give in to a spirit of loneliness. When you have the Holy Spirit, a counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. That's who he is. That he may remain with you forever. And so, see how important it is to learn to pray in the Spirit? Because if you need counsel, he's gonna, you're going to hear it. If you need help, you're going to get it. If you're needing, there's times that I have been aware that I needed some intercession for, you know, Somebody intercede for me. <laughs> and you know what? I always knew Jesus was doing it. And there's times I didn't even think I needed prayer, you know, particularly. But I'd find somebody and they would say, you know, the Lord puts you in my heart to pray for you. Like if we went to a, to a meeting or a convention or whatever. Oh, you know, it was... You came to mind the other day, and I prayed for, well, glory to God. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. You know, not long ago, I was at Walmart, and Brother Harley Cohen came to me and said, was you needing some, some help the other day or some prayer or something? You know, he, he talks like that. Was you? <laughs> and I said, well, not that I knew it. Not that I knew, but, but the Holy Ghost knew. He says, yep, well, the Lord had me praying for you. He gets up early every day to pray. I said, well, thank you. Thank you. Please yield any time you think about me. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. But you know what? There was one time I remember in my life where it was a real uh, unexpected thing. I was in Spain, and something happened. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave me intercession and it was for me I prayed for myself and I knew it as I was praying and you know what after I got done there was just I mean a supernaturally getting over what had happened uh, to me something that had happened uh, through a period of time as I was growing up the Lord totally took care of it and it never was something that could ever bother me again. You'd, you'd be surprised, the experiences that you have in prayer. I, you know, I just knew I had to pray. And actually, my husband and the children were there. And the children were a little bit, I, I said, I had to say to them, Mom's going to pray, don't be alarmed. All things is, 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 everything's okay, but I'm going to pray. Uh, I have to pray right now. And he was driving, remember? Because uh, we were going, we had just left one place and we were going somewhere else. And I just knew, you know, I couldn't just wait. Uh, and so, anyway, got it, got it over with. And then we were happy and went on, right? The children knew those things. Uh, so it was not like it was strange. But... It was really something because he thought, Lydia, what are you doing? What's, the, what's wrong? And I had to tell him, just let me pray. Nothing's wrong, but I have to yield. And the Lord helped me. And I knew that's one of the few times in my life that I knew I was praying for myself. Have you ever had that? You know, because I really, I, I'm a happy person, you know. That doesn't, I, I don't have personal troubles. Uh, 
But anyway, how, how the Lord knew there was something. You know, the Holy Spirit, I yielded. I'm saying this to you because you might need to do that. And sometimes if there's no one to pick it up, the Lord can use yourself <laughs> to pray for something. You know why? Because he wants to take you to the other side. Because he doesn't want you to go along through life with, with things th that, that will um, trouble you or that will hurt you in any way. Amen. He does not want you to travel through life with mental or emotional scars. And when you get that revelation from the Word of God, you see, you can hook up with the Holy Spirit, just as I have prayed before for other people. That time, I was praying for myself. And when it, when it was done, it was over. Forever. Glory to God. So there's, and then I started by saying that there's times you might yield to the Holy Spirit and you're praying for somebody and it seems like you are just right there on your own. The Holy Spirit is not coming with that ministry of his that he comes together with against. I've had a few experiences like that. Like I said, thankfully not that many. But I have had some like that. And um, I just had to trust the Holy Spirit. Amen? Like, I'll give you an example. Like my uh, grandmother um, had... Um, about, he, she had about with cancer. It was lung can, cancer. Uh, and it had been because during, uh, well, after, after the Civil War, uh, Spanish Civil War, um, she and widowed and then went to work at a place where she worked with asbestos. You see. And, and then later on in her life, it just, it attacked her lungs. It was, I guess, it, it, you know, it, it, so anyway, the first time uh, we were able to be in Spain and pray for her, and the Lord uh, healed her. And people said, Lazarus has been raised. Well, I've, what was it? A couple years later, it happened again. Well, we were in the United States, and so I got to pray for my grandmother. At that time, I knew she was going to go with Jesus. Oh, I didn't want that. You know? She was still young. She must have been not much... Not much older than what I am today, to tell you the truth, Jim. Uh, anyway, we couldn't do it that time. And you think, why not? Well, sometimes some things are none of our business. They're between the person and the Lord. You know, there was this one time that I, you know, because it has to do with the will of the person. That time my grandmother, frankly, she just wanted to go with the Lord. And there's nothing that, that I could do. And she did not, she, she was not at a church where she received the revelation that healing was for her. Every time, you see, so we so we couldn't help her. And I remember receiving the call when we were second year, Rima. Remember that my grandmother had gone on to be with Jesus. I couldn't even go to her uh, funeral. Um, 
But, you know, the Lord, Holy Spirit comforted me. She was the only grandmother that I ever knew, you know. Uh, and she loved the Lord with all her heart. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you how it is. I remember one time, one other time praying for someone, and I just kept praying and, and praying to change the course. And, you know, and I would come like against a brick wall. But I knew it was not the will of God for this person to, to go. Uh, and I'd keep on praying till, till the Lord, you know, was, got through to me, Lydia. They, they will die. Lord, no. I kept pleading the case, but this, 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 this. Yeah, Lydia, but. And it's almost like I could hear the words of Brother Hagen. And I didn't want to hear them, but I did. There were laws set by this person that at this time they cannot be reversed. In other words, the things that they had been saying. The things that they'd been saying in private. You know, there's throughout the years people would tell me so and so died. They they told me they didn't want to die. Well, Regularly, nobody wants to die. But just to say they want to die, but what are you basing your faith on? If you've been saying, you know, and actually this person, I I'd had heard it with my own ears because I had to go and visit them all the time and minister to them. And, and they had said to me they, they wanted to go. I will not tell you the things they had said, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. It happened a long time ago. Um, so there's, there's, as much as we are able to change a lot of things, there's some things sometimes we cannot. And we have to trust the Holy Spirit. Now don't major on the things we cannot. Because thankfully that is just not the majority. But there are times that we cannot because the, per, the, the will of the person is involved in, in their own confession, their own beliefs. You know, there was a, there was a lady a long time ago. And I'd go see her. She would tell me, you know, I'd rather go to be with the Lord. I'm older than my husband and he that serves somebody younger. So she set, she set her trap there. She had said that for years. So I, I couldn't help her as much as I wanted. Why did I tell you that? Well, because, because there's things that we have to know. Amen? That's why it's important to control your tongue. Don't say everything you think. Because most of the time, it's not necessarily you thinking, it's the devil bombarding you with his lies. Amen? And so anything that is contrary to the word of God, don't repeat it. It may come to you, but you speak to it. Amen? You said, no, 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 this will not happen. No. Amen? And so that brings me now to Romans 8, because I'm going to have to quit. Romans 8. Let's look at verse um, 5. Because we're talking about the Holy Spirit praying in the Spirit, uh, living, responding to the Spirit, you know. And so we know, and we've learned that from the Word of God, and I'm thinking of First Thessalonians 5.23. Let's just write it down. And uh, uh, we won't read it together. But First Thessalonians 5.23 is a typical example 
where we're told that uh, it, it is a prayer that the that the uh, apostle Paul prays over the Thessalonians that their spirit, their soul, and their body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. Amen. What a wonderful prayer. I'm about to put together for us, the Lord has put that in my heart and I'll do it, uh, prayers from the New Testament. Compile together all the prayers. Amen. If they were good enough for the Apostle Paul to pray, they're good enough for us. Pray for one another. Look at what I want. I want somebody to pray that for me. Amen. Uh, praise God. And so we can pray that for ourselves and for, for one another. Jim, I pray that your spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. Amen. That, that means not only the spirit, he's, he's born-again spirit, but his mind, will, and emotions, and his physical body, amen, are all in intact, perf in line, intact, perf with the perfect will of God. Amen? Glory to God. So, thank you, Jesus. And the Holy, the, Jesus prays those prayers for us in heaven. Glory to God. We got so let's let's hook up with him. Amen. Whatever you're praying for us right now, Jesus, glory to God. I receive it. I believe I receive it. <laughs> Do you ever <laughs> you can say that to him? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, where was I? Okay. So so um, the reason I brought that up is because we we are uh, and I'm about almost about time. I only have nine minutes. Um, we'll get this done with the help of the Lord. So it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. See? So we're talking about praying in the Spirit, Living in the Spirit, you see. Something happened this week. First scripture that came to my mind is that, that you know, that I was meditating. How that um, there's perfect peace for those who keep their mind on Him. I will give you perfect peace if you'll keep your mind on me. The Lord says, right? So, we see here that there's something that we need to do with our mind. See what we were talking about, praying in tongues, but having your mind elsewhere? The more that you mature in the Lord, the less that you'll find doing that. Because you will tell your mind, you come in line. We're not going there. We're not using our mind for all those things right now. We're going to pray. We're going to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's so, so see the importance of us having, um, I'm going to use this word um, just to make it, the point across, having control over our minds. And I said, I said, we have in control because we, I, you, the real you, is your spirit man. So out of the force of your spirit man, see the part of you that is eternal, the part of you that, that ha has the life and nature of God, amen? So you exercise authority over your mind. You don't let your mind just think anything. Because you see, your mind has to think it before your mouth will mouth it. So don't let your mouth just mouth just anything. Because then that's how you 
open the door to the enemy. But you see, your thoughts matter. Would you let yourself think on matters? Don't think, well, nobody can hear it. It's unsaid, so it won't come to pass. But you know what happens? Whatever you think on, for a while, you're going to say sooner or later. Your thoughts are going to expose you. One way or the other, they'll expose you. So, so don't, you know, we have, um, we're not going to live according to the flesh. What does that mean? It's setting their minds on the things of the flesh. But those that live according to the Spirit set their minds on the, on the things of the Spirit. Amen? So we set our mind on the Word of God. Amen? We don't set our mind on things that provoke or produce fear. Provoke or produce, you know, the, the, the fear of something bad that's going to happen. Amen? We don't set our mind on things that, that bring doubt about the goodness of God in our lives. His protection. His provision. Amen? He, he, his healing power. His, the good thoughts that he said to the prophet Jeremiah that he has about us. Right? So we, we can rule over our minds. How do we do that? From the spirit man. And prayer has a lot to do with that. Our walk and our talk with the Lord. Now, the more that we have of the Word in us, the more that we can do this. The easier that this becomes. The more Scripture that we have in us. Amen? That has become part of us. And this becomes easier. It becomes easier and easier. I'm going to finish with this statement. It becomes easier and easier to pray in the Spirit. You see... The more that you pray according to the Word of God. Amen? And you present yourself before the Lord, you start praying. You might still have some things, you know, because life is daily and there's things in the natural that are hitting you in the face. But you set aside that time to pray, you know, with the Lord. And, and then... The more that, that you base as you start praying, the more that you base your praying on Scripture, the easier that it will be to, for you to pray in the Spirit and not let your mind be occupied on things of the flesh, but yield to the Spirit. Amen? And then, of course, we could go on, but, uh, but time is up. Uh, I'd rather finish a couple of minutes earlier than late, later. And if, if I got started with something else, I would go later. Uh, so then there's, there's, of course, the praying in other tongues. And praying in other tongues is the most beneficial type of prayer for any Christian. And it belongs to all of us. And praying in tongues is way beyond the upper room. Amen? And there's a book, and we were talking about it this morning, a book that, that, where they compiled messages by uh, Brother Hagen. It's called, um, well, I have it right here. I think I brought it. Yeah. It's Tongues Beyond the Upper, uh, the, the upper Room. It's Beyond. And so right here in this book, he covers everything you want to know about speaking in tongues. Well, uh, and they came up with this book, I think, after he went on to be with the Lord. I'm not sure, but it, it may have been. 
uh, because he went to be with the Lord in 2003, and this was done in 2007. But you see, his messages continue to live. So it's important, and all, all of us, all of us can do it. It's so helpful. Amen? And you get hungry enough, you will be receiving the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen? I was reading today, oh, no, no, I'm going to be true to my word. I said that was the last thing, so I'll keep the rest for another time. Amen? Thank you for coming tonight. I hope you had a good time in the Word. Amen? I'm glad that you came, and I bless you.